Good morning, beautiful people. Welcome, welcome to this wonderful new day. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Jill Ingalls. I'm a representative for CSL White Rock. I recognize that I am a settler on this land. I am grateful and honored to live and operate on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples. I thank the First Peoples who continue to live on these lands and care for them, along with the waters and all that is above and all that is below. So let's just take a breath and welcome in this moment that we're sharing together, this connection, this connection of love, this connection of community, this connection of being together. Welcome, welcome all. Thank you. CSL White Rock is an inclusive spiritual community and learning center. We teach spiritual principles and offer tools to use in all areas of our life regularly and consistently. Our life flourishes out of ease and grace when we practice these. Our te teaching is based on four cornerstone beliefs. There is one life. It is the source of all life and all things. We are spirit having a human experience. And nothing outside of us needs to change in order for us to be happy. And the last one, we are here to walk each other home. Our vision at CSL White Rock is a loving, vibrant world that works for all. So welcome, welcome beautiful friends and thank you for being with us again today. Now I'm very happy to introduce the wonderful Ranj Singh as our musician today. Welcome Ranj. Technology, absolutely love it. Have a problem that you'll understand. We all need 
somebody to lean on, lean on me. When you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. Just call, call me brother when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. I just might have a problem that you'll understand. We all need somebody to lean on. If there is a load you have to bear that you can't carry on, right up the road, I'll share your load. If you just Call me, call me when you need a friend. Call me when you need, call me, just call me, call me when you need a friend. As usual, Ranj, amazing, amazing, amazing. I'm just going to try and talk my husband into coming to see you tonight at the Sylvia. (laughs) He's beginning to wonder if I have a small crush on you. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome, everyone. My name is Tamara Ross Sander, in case there's anybody new online or here with us today. Uh, I'm the spiritual director for Centers for Spiritual Living, White Rock. So today our discussion is about home. And I've been thinking about this all week and going back and forth with a few different ideas on it. And one thing I thought yesterday inspired me, we were at a wonderful celebration of life for one of our members, uh, Kenneth Berg. And I, I knew Ken through the center, but I didn't know him, you know, as some people knew him a little more, um, knew him better. So it was uh, lovely to hear the stories and the testament to his life and how he loved his Center for Spiritual Living White Rock and how it helped him get through a lot of different times and the belief that he had in it. And just, he was uh, an amazing, amazing man. He had, I think Jill thought there was about 170 people there. Like what a testament to a man who lived his life well. And and at the end, uh, Reverend Terry Shea did, did the service and uh, we were, I was there to help him a bit with it. And he said, a testament to the life is a life lived well. And Ken and asked us all to <clears throat> work at that, to live that life. And so he, on his card, he had a, an earnest, he had two Ernest Holmes quotes on the card. And I, because we're talking about home today, I thought it would be great to start with what's at the very beginning, before the introduction, 
before the glot before everything, a poem by Ernest Holmes. And it's called Peace Be Unto Thee, Stranger. Peace be unto thee, stranger. Enter and not be not afraid. I have left the gate open, and thou art welcome to my home. There is room in my house for all. I have swept the hearth, and I have lighted the fire. The room is warm and cheerful, and you will find comfort and rest within. The table is laid, and the fruits of life are spread before thee. The wine is also here. It sparkles in the light. I've set a chair for you when the sunbeams dance through the shade. Sit and rest and refresh your soul. Eat of the fruit and drink of the wine. All all is yours, and you are welcome here. So to me, it's fitting that this is in the very front of the book. It is the very first passage that we start with. And a lot of times it gets skipped over. Right? <laughs> we move to, oh, what do I want to look at? What is the glossary? But the placement is perfect. That universal invitation to step into our spiritual life, that invitation that is seeking our own quest, our, and it is an open invitation from the universe. And it's fitting that it's in the beginning of the book, because isn't that this, our beginning, our spiritual journey is here at this time right now. And it's entering, peace be unto thee, stranger, enter and be not afraid. I've left the gate open and thou art welcome to my home. So when I'm thinking of home, what is, what is home? What, is, what does home mean to you? When, does anybody think about safety when they think of home? Do you think about love? Do you think about belonging? Is that yes? I see a couple heads nodding. And home is that place, though, at some point we must leave it. Yes, Alan, home is where the heart is. So true. That was my next piece. <laughs> right? Home is here. And what about our, and are there more than one home? I think a lot of times when I think of home, I'll think of that, just the physical space of it of what it is for me, where I live, where I sleep, where I do my daily things. And yet there's also other homes. What about the home of our, our body? 
the temple that we walk around in every day, that home to ourself, that home to that spiritual path, that divine that we each are. Or there's the body, there's the, our, our physical space, our spiritual home, our centers for spiritual living. You may consider that your spiritual home. I hope you do. So today's title is Roots and Wings. And what they were talking about with the roots and wings is the roots is that the root is where we're grounded, where we're planted, and how does that move through us? And then the wings are our freedom, our chances to go and, and be and do those infinite, possi in, those infinite possibilities that Ernest Holmes talks about. Because there are those times where we need those roots. And I love what um, Reverend Savannah talked about last week around boundaries. Because, right, it's, it's sometimes when we're, we need, or we don't need, it's, it's great to have those boundaries and those confinements so that we feel safe so that we can try something new, that we can do something different. And whether that's a different spiritual practice, a different meal, <laughs> it might even be something small that you wanna try new. But if you're not feeling safe, then it's hard to do that. And it's important. Sorry, just muted myself. <laughs> so home. And we at Centers for Spiritual Living, we talk about walking each other home. So that's another home at the end and along the way that we have is walking at each other home in this spiritual path. So what did I want to say next? My mouse is very finicky today and keeps <laughs> muting me. <laughs> Maybe that's a sign of something, people. Maybe that's a sign. <laughs> Don't go too long today. Um, so considering that we need that uh, boundaries, those places of being feeling safe, I think of I, um, one idea that came to my mind was about when we were little. And remember, we would go to the park with our parents or our babysitter, whoever it was. And then we'd all have our different apparatus that we like to go on, whether it was the teeter-totter or the swings or the merry-go-round. And I remember the first time going on the swing, and I know I was excited because I got to go on the swing and I could hang on and there was 
there's, you know, those baby swings and they have that piece that protects you. So I had that boundary, that, that safety that I knew I was going to be safe on. And then, you know, my mom started to push me a little bit and I would go fire and I would further back and forth. And then you'd go higher and higher. And that allowed me that sense of freedom. But I had that piece of safety right there. I don't know if any of you have experienced that same freedom of being on a swing and just being feeling that freedom through. So the idea of home is a collective archetype, you know, across ages and cultures. Again, what Alan said, it can to most simply can be said that home is where the heart is. And metaphorically, home is that holy or spelt the other way, holy, known and familiar. That heart filled place is where we feel safe and fully free to be unvarn our unvarnished selves knowing we belong, and that there's always unconditional love and acceptance. It's the place where our journey begins and ends. So as we're talking this whole month about home, and we'll explore the different points of our spiritual journey, as we're all each of us on a spiritual journey, and some liken it to the, the hero's path, the Hero's Journey, written by Joseph Campbell. And we all started out when we're young and in uh, at home and, and working through, and then something happens, and there's that pain point that pushes us further out of our comfort zone and into something new. And then we go along and we maybe uh, have some challenges along the way. You know, it's, it's like if you imagine the Wizard of Oz, and Dorothy, and she's walking along the path, that golden path, which I see such a resemblance, the golden path, are walking along our spiritual path. And along the path, she meets her friends to help her through this. She meets the lion, the scarecrow, and the tin man, the tin man with the heart. And the, and the lion with the courage and the scarecrow with his brain to help her through. And so how perfect that Rand sang the song, Lean on Me. Share your load. Call me when you need a friend. And that's here as your spiritual community. That is so true. We have our practitioners who are here for you to lean on and to call when you need some upliftment. When you can't see that truth maybe for yourself of knowing that you are one with the one, that everything is there for you, that unlimited possibility. And you may just may be a little bit fuzzy. So you can call Diane, Jill, myself, Georgia, and we can pray. It is such a great honor for us to be able to take that time and pray with you. I'll get off that soapbox now. <laughs> so in the words of Maya Angelou, 
the ache for home lives in all of us. And having a place to call home is that basic need, that Maslow hierarchy of needs. And at its best, home is the place where we feel that sense of rootedness, again, that grounding and belonging, and being free to be who we are authentically. It is a familiar place of unconditional love and acceptance. And yet, we know that that isn't the truth for everyone. If we had that experience growing up, I mean, how fortunate we are and knowing that sometimes that's not the case for everybody. So all our reactions to life are related to our spiritual convictions and our thoughts and growth of what we, what we grew up with. But we cannot escape these thoughts. So just as a child needs to have confidence in his parents, we also need the same confidence in the power that is greater than we are. And that's from the Science of Mind magazine, 1998. Oh, that's the year my son was born. And so our spiritual convictions have their, in our thoughts, in our childhood upbringing. And Ernest Holmes says, as a child needs confidence in his parents, and the home offers that conditional, unconditional love and belonging that can empower children to grow into adults and to trust life. So again, it's knowing that we all have different experiences. And, you know, speaking about our home, like it's really a tender, I think, subject. Because so many people have so many different experiences. And it is what we want to bring forth from those experiences. What have we learned? What do we want to move forward with? And knowing that there, you know, some of my childhood was fabulous and some of it maybe a little less than fabulous. And yet, and yet it has created who I am today. And if I didn't have some of those not so fabulous experiences, would I be who I am right now? Or would I, and which is great. And I may have been a different version of myself right now. And actually it depends on what day it is. <laughs> I still may be a different version every day. But those experiences help us go through life and, and form us, form who we are. You know, and as we're growing up, I think humans were one of those few ones where that we need our adults to, we're so dependent on our caregivers until we kind of reach a little bit of maturity where we can take care of ourselves. And lots of needs have to be met as children through uh, physical, emotional, mental well-being throughout our lifespan. And also the universal needs of safety, security, stability, and shelter. So when our children and our babies, those needs are met, they will feel secure and have an attachment with their, their primary caregiver. 
And then the baby will feel free to explore their surroundings, knowing that their caregiver is close by. And uh, adults who feel secure in their attachments feel positive about themselves and see themselves worthy of love. And they have an expectations that others will be respect, uh, receptive and responsive to them. But then on the other hand, sometimes if a baby hasn't established those bonds, these unhealthy patterns can continue into adulthood, causing some dysfunction and relations with loved ones. So those are the things when we have, and two, you think of the child with a, who wants the lollipop and they've already had one <laughs> and you've said no, and they throw their tantrum, but yet as parents, we know that it's good not for them to have another one. And yet they don't understand that, but it's again, setting those boundaries. I mean, that's something very simple and yet it's important that we have these, these boundaries set. And, you know, sometimes our children, because our children will complain about these, right? They'll say, oh, that doesn't feel right. Or if you have a curfew at night, I don't know. Did any of you as a teenager maybe sneak out of that house? Anybody? Anybody yet? Oh, okay. I got a few. <laughs> we maybe did a few things, right? So we pushed against those boundaries as we're learning as in our hero's journey, as we're on that path that we are, are learning who we are in ourselves. So it's, it's establishing those, those boundaries and maintaining a sense of safety that inspires that courage and that confidence and those healthy boundaries um, for healthy relationships as well as mental and emotional well-being. But also too many boundaries can then also cause the other, the other side of it. And it could cause disconnection and isolation and non-existent or weak boundaries result in less safety, freedom, and satisfaction in our lives. So Brene Brown uh, studies people who live wholeheartedly with a deepest sense of belonging and compassion indicated that participants who put true belonging into practice talked openly about their boundaries. The clearer and more respected the boundaries, the higher the level of empathy and compassion for others. Fewer clear boundaries, less openness. It's hard to stay kind-hearted when you feel people are taking advantage of or threatening you. I, I love me some Brene Brown. She's so amazing with her studies. What is she saying here? Uh, there's a, a quote in her book, Atlas of the Heart. Boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultane simultane simultaneously. I said that wrong, but anyways. <laughs> and it's uh, by Prentice Hemphill. When I, the distance I can love you and myself at the same time, that self-esteem, the self-acceptance of being on that hero's journey of wherever we are at whatever time it is in our life, wherever we are, it's accepting what is 
is. And I know that's kind of sounds like jargon, new thought jargon. And yet when I can accept and be willing to accept what's happening for me right here, right now, that's when I can feel it and I can move through it. But when I resist it, I I think Savannah said last week, when I resist, whatever I resist persists. So it will show up. And again, so turning that into uh, science of mind thinking. So if I'm thinking negative thoughts, I'm creating that re- my own reality, where if I can change my thoughts, change my thinking, I can change my beliefs, I can change my outcome. And again, that goes back to prayer. When I'm in prayer, I have that different way of being. So what do we want to take from today about being in our home, about being here and knowing that boundary, we need those boundaries to start and then we can move forward to, to fly a little freer, to be ourselves, to be authentic. And when too, can we belong and where do we want to belong? And can we move through that in a way that we're not looking for that outside approval of our life or that outside recognition of, oh, they're doing well, they're not doing well. Let's, when we can commune with the divine and bring it into our own heart, when we can make our body temple that place of home, when we can lean in and be the trust that Diane talked about in her meditation about that place. So Brene Brown says, belonging is the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us because this yearning is so primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in by seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutes for belonging, but often can be barriers to it. Because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world. Our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. Our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. So in the ideal home, and maybe thinking of our home, not in that physical place, but in ourselves then, it is the place that we know that we can feel ourselves and we can ground ourselves in our spiritual truth, in our spiritual practice, And we can build that stability to establish that safety and belonging that is that launching pad that allows us to spread our wings and to take flight. And we can be out there like Dorothy walking that path, meeting our people along the way who help us with courage, who help us with uh, getting our thinking back on track and knowing that there's no place like home. And that home is within us. 
So today, or this next week, I consider what is the word home mean for you? Think about how at home do you feel in your own day-to-day life? Is your home the place where you feel safe and are able to fully express? And maybe consider, you know, why or why not? And if it's not, what could you do to create a space that feels more emotionally or physically safe. What if you vision this week on what a happy, healthy home means for you and any others whom you may live with? So take time this week to establish that mental equivalent of that happy, healthy home. Affirm it and acclaim it as yours. And know that you're going to have people in your life that you can lean on and share your load with. That you have spiritual practitioners here at the Center for Spiritual Living that would love to pray with you, to be here, to help you, to support you. That you have your own family and friends. And yet, one of the main things that we each have is our friendship with ourselves. How can I make friends with myself today? That's a lot of homework, people. But I think visioning for, for what your home is, is, is perfect. And I'm just going to read... Uh, a treatment from Ernest Holmes today from his Living the Science of Mind. There's a piece that I'm contemplating on is, is the door that you alone can open. And that he talks about is that there is something within us ready to connect us to the sacred and the secret chamber of the self where the living spirit and I are one. The search for the union passes into realization, not that we are just with or in, but that we are of the living spirit. One with or one in implies separation. So the great realization is that we are of means that we are part of. So knowing that we are one. And because, so let's take a moment and a breath and know this truth that because I am one with God, I am one with all people. Because I am one with life, I am one with everything that lives. I feel my union with people and with nature, and I feel that I belong to life. I love life, and I enter into this joy of living. I enter into the companionship with others, 
into cooperation with them. And I know that something within me reaches out and embraces the whole world. Something within me blesses everything it touches, brings life and happiness and joy to everyone. Something in me acts as a healing balm, restoring everything to its natural and native perfection. So as I silently listen to the spirit within me and think of its perfection, I know that I am being born again, born into joy, hope, gladness, born into love, faith, and assurance. So silently, I release every negative thought from my mind. I lose it and I let it go. And I too pray that they are all maybe one as thou art in me and I in thee, and that they also may be one in us. So knowing this truth and bringing it into our body temple, into our living being, I express great gratitude for each person here being part of this community of spiritual growth, of love, of joy, of wisdom, of the teaching. I let these words go to the law of mind, knowing right action is already happening. I let it be, and so it is. Thank you, Tamara, that was wonderful. When we belong to ourselves, we belong to the world. How grateful I am for this experience. The spiritual practice of sacred giving begins with the recognition that it is part of our nature to give and to receive. Our inner life depend, deepens when we make a conscious plan to give. We experience greater satisfaction when we are part of the flow of life. The way to happiness lies in consciously choosing to be a part of the divine flow. This includes being willing to share our lives, our time, our talents, and our money with others. At CSL White Rock, we teach that giving is not a practice we should do out of a sense of obligation, but something we choose to do out of a generous spirit of love and joy, how you are being fed. Most importantly, giving is a demonstration of faith that spirit is our source of abundance. Our affirmation is, I am grateful for my life. I am grateful all that I need flows to me effortlessly through channels expected and unexpected. I am the instrument of this prosperous life. And so it is. If you can give, please donate on our website or mail us a check or send us an e-transfer. All of this information is in the Zoom chat and on our website. Gifts of all sizes are helpful, and please know that your contribution makes a positive difference. Thank you so very much.